0: Good morning, Barkley Pets. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful Monday morning. This is episode one of the Barkley Pets bi weekly podcast. My name is Mila, and I'll be your host. I'm a lifelong pet owner and grew up in a household obsessed with pets. I'm talking six dogs and four cats at one point. It got very crazy. Recently, I've taken my obsession and turned it into a socially acceptable skill dog training. I've spent the last 6 months studying about dog behavior through my trainer course. My hope with this course isn't just to have the ability to train, but to understand a dog's behavior and be able to communicate successfully in almost any situation. Today, and for the next few episodes, I'll be sharing some of that knowledge with you. In each episode, you'll hear news updates from headquarters, occasional highlights spotlighting walkers, and a little education session to make you a better animal caregiver. We're trying to build a strong culture at Barclay Pets, with people who are equally as passionate about animals as we are. This podcast is just one of the ways we're trying to stay connected with everyone in our community. So please continue to tune in. Now let's kick off with some news. We're currently working on a new version of the app that considers a lot of the suggestions we received in the Walker survey. The release date will be announced just as soon as we set the timeline. But get pumped up, it's going to be awesome. Also, a big thank you if you came out to the Manhattan Pup Crawl. It was a great event for everyone. The owners were able to get better acquainted with some of our walkers. Our walkers got to meet some new pups, and the pups, of course, were happy to be outside all day, get some exercise, and be around their favorite humans. This was such a big success. We'll definitely have more of these in the future. For our first episode, we would like to spotlight a few active walkers which have completed a total of 1,000 walks to date. Shout out to Jay Addison, Nate Boothby, Monica Alvarenga, Danielle Boni. That's absolutely amazing. I can't tell my dogs about this because they'll probably trade me in for you guys. But thank you for your continued dedication to the dogs of Barkley Pets. <laughs> Many of our longest tenured walkers have told us that one of their biggest challenges is entering a new household without ever having met the dog. It is expected that some owners may not have a chance to schedule a meet and greet. This is awesome news for us because it means they trust the professionalism of Barkley Pets and they trust our dog walkers. But it is natural to be cautious from this new encounter and be curious on what you should expect from the dog's personality. The owners may have left a few notes to give you some background, but there are still some unknown factors prior to having met the dog. I'm sure many of you listeners have the same concern, which is why our next few education sessions will be dedicated to a very important question. Where does a dog's behavior come from? Said differently, is it nature or nurture that influence a dog's behavior? Is it the animal's genetics, or have they learned this through experience? Interestingly enough, the answer is both. It's difficult to separate the two. On one hand, the nature influence is something that's hardwired, an instinct in an animal's behavior. Nurture is a direct consequence of their upbringing or past. So, as a dog walker, there will be a lot of unknowns and some knowns. A dog's behavior is a complex interplay of various different things. The unknowns will be the nurture, and you will likely have some guesses as to where a certain behavior was learned. For example, excessive barking that may indicate a result of poor socialization. Regardless, nurture will be something you'll get to know through your dog walks. Nature, on the other hand, is your known, and you can come somewhat prepared to expect certain behaviors from the dog through their breed. The best way to truly understand a breed is to understand the driving force behind the creation of the breed. Dogs were bred for a specific task that humans wanted. The American Kennel Club has seven groups of breeds. Over the next few episodes, I'd like to explore each of those groups with you. Let's begin with the Hound group. This group was bred for hunting. What do you need to be a good hunter? Sight and scent, which is why you have the Sight Hound and the Scent Hound. A sighthound is generally known to sprint extremely fast, but they'll have very low endurance. Some examples of sighthounds include whippets or greyhounds. Although they're fast, they don't require as much exercise. So a steady brisk walk around the neighborhood will keep these dogs happy. As always, make sure you carefully secure the leash on these doggies, especially a breed like the whippet. Some collars are easy for them to slip out of because of their slender necks, so always do a double check, triple check before you begin the walk. A scent hound will have extreme sustainable energy when they're on the scent trail. Some examples include beagles, Rhodesians, and Bassets. I have a Rhodesian at home, and she has endless energy. And if she smells something that interests her, she is not afraid to pull ahead and charge. If you're walking a scent hound, be alert of your surroundings. A scent hound in New York will sniff out a pizza slice on the ground super fast. Try and have some owner approved treats to get their attention. A good smelling treat can almost always help get their attention away from whatever scent they're trying to trail. Another group is the working group. This is one of my favorites. Some working dogs serve as therapy dogs. Others could be trained for search and rescue and find people lost in the wilderness or buried during avalanches. These dogs will follow scent even in some of the harshest conditions and have an extremely strong stamina to keep them going. Some of these dogs include a Bull Mastiff, a Boxer, Akita, Rottweiler, or Saint Bernard. These are large and powerful dogs. Make sure you're comfortable and in full control of the dog at all times with two hands on the leash when you're walking. I've made the mistake of walking a Saint Bernard while holding a cup of coffee at the beginning of the walk, and then having the coffee spilled all over me by the end of it. The terrier group is a fun one, because they're very cute. But did you know they were bred to hunt and kill vermin? Not so cute. That's why these doggies love to dig, because unlike New York, most rodents stay underground. These doggies are independent, full of energy, fearless, and sometimes can be a little stubborn. They tend to get obsessive until they catch their prey and have no issues standing up to bigger dogs. There are, however, some size differences within this breed. Some terriers are larger because they were bred to hunt larger game. And then you have smaller terriers. They were bred for hunting rats and mice. A dog in the terrier group will almost always have the word terrier and its breed type. For example, Australian Terrier, Bull Terrier, or Irish Terrier. If you're walking one of these doggies and they like to brave up and bark at bigger dogs, try and avoid head-on encounters on the sidewalk. It's always best to approach them from a side angle, which communicates to the dogs that they mean no harm to each other. This is actually an excellent technique to use on almost any dog, and we'll explore why in some of our later episodes. Now remember, Breed isn't everything, so a dog in the hound group, the working group, or the terrier group is influenced by the human group. So, don't be surprised if you see out-of-character traits in any of these groups. Our breed is to be blamed. But, it does look like we're out of time today, so please tune in in the following week. We'll be exploring more of these groups. I hope you guys enjoyed our first episode. Please share your feedback. This is how we improve, grow, and make this better and better. Happy walking.